0: I want to thank uh, the organizers for inviting me to talk about something that I'm not an expert in, the question of whether animals uh, have a concept of art. Um, and uh, having spent uh, quite a number of years investigating the cognitive abilities of chimpanzees, uh, their a capacity for true intersubjectivity, the ability to reason explicitly about the mental states of themselves and others uh, on the one hand, and investigating whether they have abstract notions of causality, like uh, the ability to understand simple folk ideas of gravity or force. Um, It's nice to return to the question of whether or not animals have a a concept of art because it's actually something I did take a look at uh, a number of years ago when I first became interested in chimps. Of course, the problem was that was 30 years ago. I was only 15 at the time. Uh, And so I investigated the the question with an adolescent's eye. And I thought rather than imposing my current biases upon the question, uh, I decided to take a look uh, at what the current state of evidence is uh, on the question of whether animals have a concept of art and share that with you today and let you uh, form your own opinions. What I don't think will be particularly useful to investigate is whether or not animals produce artifacts that humans find aesthetically pleasing, because there's overwhelming and abundance of ev- evidence for that. For example, the nautilus shell we, we uh, find, uh, obviously, uh, uh, quite aesthetically pleasing, and an animal produces it. Uh, the bowerbird's production of, of their, of their uh, 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 structures for, for uh, attracting mates uh, clearly have a strong aesthetic sense to human beings. Uh, and I don't even want to take particular issue with the question of whether or not when a sp- a certain species engage in uh, certain activities which certain cultures call art, whether or not there are morphological constraints or even tighter perception action loop constraints on the activity involved, whether or not those we may share in common with those species, because I'm certain there must be. When a chimpanzee reaches with a paintbrush, visually orients toward the canvas, they're going to be bringing to bear much in common with what a human artist uh, uses when they do uh, the similar approach. And so I find very little uh, to argue with with uh, I- I- individuals who are still interested in the question of animal art, uh, such as Franz de Waal, who argues that looking at the drawings and paintings uh, made by uh, apes could probably tell us something about something about the origins of our impulses for art. However. We could still find dramatic room to find reason for pause with a further conclusion uh, that, that DeWall uh, 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 makes, which is that uh, nodding approvingly at Desmond Morris's analysis from the 19, and his wife's analysis from the 1960s, that. Um, Well, you know, there's a strong, deep parallel in the creation of something that we call art forms when we investigate chimpanzees' uh, painting, for example, and human infants' painting. After all, the conclusion that they tempt you with is that, well, you know, human babies start out very abstract as painters, and look at chimp art, it looks pretty abstract, but unfortunately the poor ape gets stuck as an incomplete human being and never reaches true realism. That, I think, is worthy for our critical eye and to ask whether or not uh, that metaphor of of apes as incomplete human beings is really uh, uh, doing the ape any justice at all. Uh, and something, uh, by the way, that, that should be noted is that this idea that, that, that small children, two-year-olds, are engaging in behavior uh, that's, that's just sort of uh, random abstract art, uh, is belied by the fact that, uh, of investigations which show that even, from, even two-year-old children, for example, when they witness someone making a drawing, this circle in the middle, and there are two objects in front of that artist, uh, two uh, objects that it could be, Uh, the infant uses aspects of the the artist's gaze, uh, where they're looking, uh, where they're more directed toward, to determine later uh, what object they were drawing. So when they see this ambiguous picture in the middle, they'll either label it as object one or object two, depending on where the speaker was looking. So from very early age, the infant who can't even produce a circle that clearly is already buying into the intersubjective notion of art. Okay, well, uh, you know, I'm not going to present definitions of aesthetics and art to try to uh, put us into a box, but I do think it can provide some, uh, some landmarks for what we might or might not be talking about when we're interested in the question of whether animals produce art. So surely chimpanzees uh, don't have any branches of philosophy uh, in, their, in, their, in their social structure. So I, I think we can, we can maybe uh, shy away from even worrying about whether they make any critical judgments about art or any pr- products and forms that they may produce. Um, but I think this second common definition of aesthetics is worthy of our, our, our undivided attention, which is that it's the study of the mind and emotions in relation to the, some sense of beauty. Uh, And that may well be a universal aspect of the human mind, regardless of whether cultures around the world have a specific word for art or not. Uh, A sense of beauty and aesthetics in various domains uh, appears to be a a universal aspect of human beings. Uh, And likewise, uh, art is the, we might be able to anchor our uh, notion as just the production of objects which we find beautiful, appealing, or more than ordinary significance. Wow. Okay, but there's a tremendous conceptual slippage that I've noticed in in browsing through what might be called the animal art literature, to the extent that there is such a thing, Um, uh, which is going from two simple premises to this conclusion. The premise that, well, an animal produces a form that has some kind of aesthetic form to human beings, the animal intended to produce that form Uh, to the conclusion that the animal intends to produce an aesthetically pleasing uh, form. Why? Because we can easily accept the first two premises as being true and finding great fault with this conclusion, Uh, especially this premise that animals (coughs) intended to produce that form Uh, The the animal has an intention, it has a goal of of marking, uh, for example, in the case of painting, paint on a canvas. Uh, But that doesn't mean it intended to produce an aesthetically pleasing form that humans recognize. And the same thing, of course, goes true with any cultural artifact that a given culture might discover that an animal has made and labeling it art. Okay, well, what's at stake here? I mean, what's really at stake? I mean, it seems to me that, that, that this claim that many people ha- have, are, have made, which is that, well, if animals are capable of something like art, if they have a sense of aesthetics, then it might force us to re-engage with animals in a different way. That it might redefine our relationships with them and hence create a better world that humans can relate to animals in a better way. Well, that's certainly possible. If it were true that animals had some sense of aesthetics, it might well redefine our relationships with them. But there's another possibility, uh, a possibility that I've become very sensitive to over the years, which is that every time we attempt to anthropomorphize animals incorrectly, when we anthropomorphize them incorrectly, we do a great disservice to our relationship with them. And I think that's a possibility we need to investigate about the question of animal art as well. Okay, well, what uh, categories am I going to explore very briefly? I'm just going to touch on a couple Uh, animal music, animal dancing, and of course, animal painting. Many of the the public is absolutely convinced that animals can uh, create music. Uh, They can be uh, brought into the the human uh, realm of musical creation by, for example, training elephants uh, in percussion. Uh, By training them, uh, there's entire orchestras of elephants that have been brought together. I invite you to watch these videos on YouTube. They're quite striking. Um, Of course, all of this is under the tutelage and guidance of human beings. Uh, And on the one hand, we might conclude, well, so what? I mean, uh, human infants are under the the tutelage and guidance of uh, human beings as well. And perhaps uh, what these elephants ultimately create, although more sonorous to some than other ears, uh, might well be uh, within the realm of of animal art. The critical question though, of course, from the territory that I've staked out, is whether or not there's a capacity to to see what they're doing, to interpret what they're doing, as having any aesthetic sense uh, at all. Whether an elephant, for example, could, could, could connect well formed elephant music with well formed uh, elephant social behavior, if it could group those two things together we 'd have some uh, understand, uh, reason to suspect that they had uh, an aesthetic sense of music. I was going to say uh, a bit about um, a, a bird song. I thought I thought uh, uh, Pat was going to mention that a little bit, but she got a little cut for time. Um, but the same question applies there, uh, right. Uh, birds produce songs that we find musically appealing, but do they aggregate any aspects of those productions under the rubric of something that might be called aesthetics? I don't think there's any evidence for that, but perhaps we shouldn't be uh, too quick to to, uh, turn away from it before we investigated. Jane Goodall uh, has some opinions about animal music. Uh, She uh, uh, is of the opinion that the drumming on tree trunks of chimpanzees is a a form of of music and so I thought I'd mention to you a little bit about the history of our knowledge about chimpanzee uh, drumming behavior on tree trunks. R. L. Gardner was one of the first uh, individuals, a famous Victorian explorer, a very popularizer of uh, exploring uh, the unknowns. Uh, and he w- had made a number of visits to Africa. Uh, he built a giant cage for himself to live inside of, reversing the human-animal relationship up to that point uh, for media purposes. He thought it would, it would sell more books. Um, but he did let himself out um, and ventured into the jungles uh, with his pet chimpanzee that he acquired locally, Moses. Uh, and he listened to the stories of locals telling them about various uh, aspects of chimpanzee social behavior. Now, unfortunately, in his book, he doesn't always distinguish very clearly between between what he actually observed and uh, what the locals simply told him. Uh, But one of the most amazing aspects of his accounts were of the Kanjo Drum Festival. Uh, He no doubt uh, heard chimpanzees drumming uh, in the distance, and the locals told him that the chimpanzees had festivals in which they actually made drums out of clay covering uh, large areas of peat and drummed on them after they got drunk with rotting uh, fruits that had fermented. And he recounts this in great detail uh, in, uh, in his uh, 1906 volume. And in, in its reprint, he uh, actually says that he deposited a piece of the clay drum in the Buffalo National Museum with actually the chimp's fingerprints still in the wet clay. Uh, when I was young, my sister and I went into in the, the museum to take a look. And there are a lot of uh, things that he did donate to the museum, but there was no Kanjo drum that we could track down. Uh, now, the, the fact uh, of the matter is that chimps do engage in drumming behavior. It does appear to serve some communicative function. It can be heard from large distances uh, away, up to a kilometer away. Males can uh, uh, hear other males uh, drumming on trees. And there's various uh, possibilities for what, uh, how this might function into their communicative behavior. Uh, Others have argued that uh, the uh, drumming behavior may actually have a symbolic function. Uh, Christoph Bosch uh, uh, and uh, Hedwig Bosch Aschermann, uh claimed that they had evidence for the actual symbolic functioning of, dr- of drumming, that it was communicating specific messages. Unfortunately, only one chimp, uh, Brutus, actually engaged in the, the symbolic aspects of this. Uh, apparently, he was claimed to have three messages uh, relating to one beat, two beats, or three beats. Uh, Three messages would tell the other group members to take a one hour break. Um, uh, two drum beats in certain contexts and locations might be to change direction, and a certain other combination of drum beats might mean uh, a two hour rest. Well, unfortunately, this has only been observed in the Thai forest, and unfortunately it ended very suddenly and was never seen again after a, a, a breakup of the group. So uh, I don't know, perhaps this is another area in which we might investigate uh, the possibility of, of this phenomenon. Okay. But what's indisputable, I think, is that the perception action loops that I described earlier uh, clearly anchor chimpanzee drumming behavior uh, and many uh, animal, uh, uh, quote, artistic expression to things that human beings do. We can't deny that, um, but at the same time, we have to step back and ask, how much are we attributing uh, of human understanding of art and aesthetics to these animals, and how much do they understand themselves? Uh, Wolfgang Curler uh, uh, was very interested in the question of animal uh, art, in particular the question of animal dancing. It should come as no surprise uh, to anyone who un- knows the history of Gestalt psychology that Curler, uh, 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 along with Wertheimer and Kafka, were very interested in questions of aesthetics. It was one of the foundational aspects of Gestalt psychology. And so when Curler found himself uh, uh, on the, the island of Tenerife for a lot longer than he hoped during World War I, uh, studying chimpanzees. He reported uh, fascinating uh, aspects of their behavior that he felt were worthy of consideration under the rubric of aesthetics. Uh, and in particular, uh, th- these uh, strange dances that chimpanzees would e- engage in in their everyday play behavior. Now, Curler didn't draw any uh, profoundly strong conclusions, but I thought I would share with you uh, the, 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 the beautiful uh, aesthetic form of, of many of these behaviors. Um, and in fact, um, I don't do this to trivialize them at all. Uh, I think it's important to, to uh, no, oops it's important to note that they, uh, when you take a, a look at them in great uh, detail if I get it to go there we go. when you take a look at them in great detail, you can see the the transfer of weight to the back heel as the chimp spins, but I didn't do it right, and pirouettes, um, all of which are morphological constraints Uh, that if the animal wants to engage in that behavior for whatever reason, whatever enjoyment it derives from it, uh, whatever whatever motivations it has, it must follow some of those constraints in order to produce that form. But again, the question looms largely as we watch chimpanzees engage in those dancing behaviors, is that something they uh, understand as any sort of shared representation of anything uh, with other members of their own kind? Well, finally, what about the question of, of animal painting? Uh, it's actually uh, quite a, a, a big business now. Um, uh, a- anyone who's watched any YouTube videos recently about anim- uh, elephants painting, for example, will be struck at uh, their uh, skills. Uh, here's an elephant uh, uh, painting a picture of an elephant. Um, uh, and if you think that's a little crude, uh, I invite you to watch the full uh, unedited demonstrations of elephants painting pictures exactly like this, uh, picking up the brush and guiding them along, with a human trainer, uh, very carefully applying pressure for drop, go, change direction, up, down, etc under the control of human beings. Uh, of course, if you're interested, there's entire websites devoted to gaining uh, access to, elef- to elephant art. You can pay as, as much or as little as you want for it. Uh, and tourists frequently do pay quite a bit. It's cropped up for a long time in zoos, but recently uh, it's become a major revenue stream uh, for zoos around the United States. In fact, I could not find a major zoo that didn't hold an animal art auction recently, including uh, zoos in this area. Uh, The the San Diego Zoo, these are meerkats, uh, which have been dipped in paint and asked to run across canvases. the trivial uh, sales, uh, reproductions of animal art book, uh, bookmarks for $2, but many of these paintings will go for uh, hundreds if not thousands of dollars. Now, some people will claim that what you just saw in those previous things is absurd, right? Uh, Franz de Waal would claim that, look, none of that has anything to do with true art, okay? Those are just animals just I mean, humans just goofing around. But if you watch chimpanzees, Franz de Waal claims, uh, you will see in their uh, deliberate and effortful strokes that they actually do something which looks like art to humans. Well, I think that last conclusion is pretty indisputable, um, but, but De Waal wants to make a stronger conclusion, which is that the apes are actually doing something qualitatively different than other animals. And In fact, the famous chimpanzee, Congo uh, in the 1960s, uh, his paintings frequently sold for upwards of $25,000. Uh, there was quite a controversy about what was abstract art. Was Congo the chimpanzee um, suddenly threatening the very foundations of human art? Uh, now, to dewall 's eyes, a chimpanzee dipping uh, a paintbrush into a, a, a smatter of paint that's very carefully controlled by the human beings; otherwise, it becomes a big purple mess, um, and then and then deliberately making strokes on, on the page, uh, enjoying it. Um, never requesting to do it, but always eagerly doing it when presented. Uh, To the fact that to his eye, that looks more like human art. Um, You know, seems a bit specious to others. Um, There's uh, counter uh, claims by individuals. that look, what what do you mean? Elephants do the same thing. Someone recently sent me a video of a British artist that flew to Thailand to be with one of these elephants and was just marveling at the expressive abilities of of these elephants. Um, And uh, many species have gotten into the fray. Uh, th- uh, to think that these are staged photos and are, are something very different from what chimpanzees do is really to sort of miss the point. These animals can, I- I- because of various uh, uh, aspects of this motor uh, and visual activity, uh, actually find it uh, reinforcing and rewarding. But of course if you step back and you really look at some of the chimp pictures, I mean, you know, the, They're pretty striking. And and, uh, some of them even look uh, relatively representational. I mean, someone once told me that this particular one looked like two ants fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. That was by that famous French painter, Escargot. (laughs) There have been very few claims. And I want want to end on this question of representational art. Uh, There have been very few claims that chimps can actually draw representationally, uh, that they can actually represent anything in their drawings. Um, But even here, there are claims that they can. Jane Goodall thinks they do. Uh, One chimp drew a zigzag on a page and claimed it was a ball bouncing, and and she found that uh, worthy of consideration. Uh, And perhaps we should. Coco the gorilla, uh, which we heard about earlier, uh, uh, will put paint on a page in various ways, um, produce these artifacts that we call uh, paintings, and then label them. The trainer will ask, what are they? Uh, uh, My favorite, uh, stink gorilla more. Uh, now we might, we might need to know whether or not the signs of the gorilla actually are anchored to any kind of symbolic system in which the, the gorilla can actually communicate with us. That would be important to note. Uh, here are some transcripts very quickly uh, taken off the COCO website. Uh, it was an online chat where there was a moderator. People would email questions in. The moderator would ask them to Penny Patterson. Coco's trainer, Penny would sign, uh, Coco would reply. Moderator, Coco, have you taught any gorillas to use sign language on your own? Patterson, good question. She signs it to Coco. Myself. Patterson, well, part of the answer may be that she's taught us. Moderator, she's really creative. Patterson, she's acknowledging that in her answer. (laughs) Here's another one. Coco, are you happy? Coco, fine. Moderator, does she have hair or is it just like fur? Patterson, she has hair. Coco, fine. Patterson, she has fine hair. It's beautiful. Moderator, Coco, tell us what you look like in your own words. Coco, flower. Patterson, well, one of her scrunchies has a big flower on it. Coco, eat now. (laughs) Uh, Moderator, Coco, what's the name of your cat? Coco, no. Patterson, she just gave a soft vocalization. Moderator, I heard that soft puffing. Moderator to Coco, do you like to chat with other people? Coco, fine nipple. Well, nipple rhymes with people. She doesn't do a people per se. She was trying to do a sounds like. Well, look. Suffice it to say, the claims for representational art, a lot of apes have gotten in. Uh, Mojo, one of the early sign language training apes, was supposedly produced a painting bird. Of course, the banana-like structure was actually produced by the human. Uh, The scribble was produced by uh, uh, Mojo. Uh, This is a great one, name this. Uh, The trainer signs uh, uh, Mojo, name this. Mojo signs name this, and that's the title of the painting. (laughs) Okay, well in conclusion, Some individuals think that, uh, to be objective, we still have a lot of room to go before we know whether these productions, whether they're dancing, music, or paintings are art to the artist, the animal artists themselves. Well, that's possible. We may be a long way from knowing. On the other hand, uh, we may may already be there. I think trying to ask what on earth a gorilla or a chimpanzee or a sea lion would make of an animal art auction is worth asking. Uh, What would a gorilla say about a painting that it it signed was Apple Chase? uh, a minute later, an hour later, a day later? Are they artifactual creations that are part of a, a shared communicative system, a representational system? Well, it's just possible that those paintings don't mean anything at all to these animals. They, in the act of creating them, the animals experience emotions, and experience pleasure, but they don't mean anything culturally to the animals. In the same way that whether or not chimpanzees are alive on this planet 100 years from now doesn't mean anything to chimpanzees or any other species on this planet. And so I would suggest that despite how much they speak to us, look at those eyes that Pat Cool was talking about earlier, they overlap with us enough. They call to us. They speak to us. But, but they belie the point that the fact that chimps will be extinct in another 50 years is our responsibility, not theirs. We've created a planet because of a unique set of cognitive abilities that give us stewardship over it. Whether or not chimps are alive to investigate their rudimentary, or whatever they are, artistic and aesthetic abilities 50 years from now will depend on decisions we make today. Thank you. Thank you.